4, where we learn the one thing we must remember. Verse 1. It came to pass when all the people had completely crossed over the Jordan, that's the Jordan River, that the Lord spoke to Joshua saying, Take for yourself twelve men from the people, one man from every tribe, and command them saying, Take for yourself twelve stones from here out of the midst of the Jordan, from the place where the priest's feet stood firm. You shall carry them over with you and leave them in the lodging place where you lodge tonight. What's happening? God wants to help them to remember. God knows His children. He knows how forgetful they are. He knows how they will forget things, especially important things. So He's going to have a remembering tool created, a memorial, drop down to the passage that we read. Verse 6, that this may be a sign, a memory tool, a sign among you when your children ask in time to come, hey, look at all those stones over there. Hey, Dad, Mom, what do those stones mean? Then you shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord when it crossed over the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for a memorial, memory tool, a memorial to the children of Israel forever. Remember. God wanted His people never to forget. Never forget what He had done for them that day. Today, God still wants us, you and me, He wants us to remember. Now, if Israel was going to move forward in victory, they must be able to look back. To look back and remember the miracle that God did for them that day. If you and I, if you want to move forward in your life, then you must do the same. Look back and remember. Remember God's work in your life. Recall. Recall the wonderful thing that God did when you crossed. You crossed from the old life to the new life in Christ. You see, instead of a memorial of stones, Jesus gave us what? A memorial of communion. A memorial of communion to remember what He did for us on the cross. Now, we've entered the promised land. We've entered the promised land of a, of a new life. Of a new life in Christ. And, and yes, there will be battles. There's going to be battles. There's going to be struggles ahead of in that land. But when we remember the miracle of the cross, we'll be able to overcome any enemy. We'll be able to defeat any enemy that tries to stop us from what God has called us to do. In 2016, the people of London 
They watched as a giant wooden replica of their city burned to the ground. What was happening? They were remembering what took place September the 2nd, 1666. On that day, a fire broke out in a bakery on Pudding Lane. And for four days, the city burned. And much of the old ghetto of London burned down. So why would they, in 2016, celebrate that? Because that fire dramatically changed their city for the good. It got rid of the ghetto. It got rid of all that disease, the germs, the trash, the outdated buildings where they could then rebuild with new, clean buildings. In the same way, believers, we as Christians, we celebrate the cross. Now, when we take communion, we commemorate the brutal, brutal murder of our Lord. The world may say, well, why would you celebrate that? You know, that's a means of execution. No. It was a means of love, love that Jesus had for you and for, for me. Never forget, never forget what Jesus did for you on the cross. It, it will strengthen you. It will strengthen you to face the battles ahead and fulfill God's calling on your life. If you want to move forward in life, to be all to be all that God has called you to be. Look back often and remember God's miracle, the miracle of the cross. And then what? Rely. Rely on God's help. Trust God to promote you in His way and in His time. Depend on the Lord to what? To lift you up. To lift you up at the proper time. That's what Joshua did here. Joshua chapter 4, verse 8. And the children of Israel did so, just as Joshua commanded, and took up twelve stones from the midst of the Jordan, as the Lord had spoken to Joshua, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel and carried them over with them to the place where they lodged and laid them down there. Then Joshua set up twelve stones. He creates this memorial, this memory tool. And go down now, go down to verse 14. On that day the Lord, who? The Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all Israel. For about 40 years, Joshua faithfully served Moses. During that time, Joshua, well, he remained in the background. Now, God exalts Joshua in the eyes of the people. Why? Because Joshua continues to faithfully obey the Lord. Joshua doesn't promote himself. 
He just does what God tells him to do, and he lets God to promote him at the proper time. See, God had already promised that. Back in chapter 3, verse 7, And the Lord said to Joshua, This day I will begin, I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel. And that's what you must do if you want to move forward in life. Focus on being faithful. Focus on trusting God to to lift you up. Focus on your integrity and trust God to increase your influence. James chapter 4, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and He, He will lift you up. Matthew chapter 25, His Lord said to him, Well done, well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Got a question for you. Do you want to fulfill God's calling on your life? Don't focus on elevating your status. Just faithfully serve the Lord and let Him Let Him lift you up at the proper time. If you want to move forward in life, number one, remember God's miracle, the miracle of the cross. Number two, rely on God's help. And number three, revere. That's respect. Revere God's might. Revere the power of God. Stand in awe of His ability to overcome any obstacle for you. That's what God wants Israel to do as they begin their conquest of the promised land. Verse 15. Let's go down to verse 18. And it came to pass when the priests who bore the ark of the covenant of the Lord had come from the midst of the Jordan and the soles of the priests' feet touched the dry land that the waters, the waters of the Jordan returned to their place and overflowed all its banks as before. There's no turning back now. No turning back. God closed off their way of retreat. There's no going back. Hey, it's, it's a flooded Jordan behind them. And with the raging waters closing in behind them, the only way they can go is forward in the direction that God wants them to go. i got to talk about this guy. Hernan Cortez. He came over from Europe, 1519, came to Mexico to conquer Mexico for Europe. He had 700 soldiers. After his 700 soldiers got off their 11 boats, and he got all the supplies off those 11 boats, He had all 11 boats burned. Those 700 soldiers watched their only way of escape going down into the water. He did the unbelievable. He cut off any idea of retreat. You know what, folks? That's what happens when you decide to follow Jesus. 
Jesus wants you to close off any means of retreat. So you cannot go back to the old way of life. Joshua chapter 4, verse 19. Now the people came up from the Jordan on the tenth day of the first month, that would be uh, Nisan, and they camped in Gilgal on the east border of Jericho, and those twelve stones, remember those twelve stones which they took out of the Jordan? Joshua set up, he set up that memorial in Gilgal. Then he spoke to the children of Israel, saying, When your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What are these twelve stones? Then you shall let your children know, saying, Israel, Israel, cross over this Jordan on dry land. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until you had crossed over as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea. Just like he did for Moses, he did for Joshua, which he dried up before us until we had crossed over that all the people. What's the reason? Well, two reasons. One, to get his children over on the other side. But number two reason, that all the people of the earth may know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty, that you may fear. I put in under that in my Bible, fear, respect, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. God wants Israel to revere His might. And that's what God wants you to do as well. He wants you to fear Him, to respect Him, to stand in awe of His might. In 1996, two guys came up with a military strategy. Their names was Harlan Uleman and James Wade. Their strategy was, you take your army, you build it up to a massive amount of soldiers and weapons, and you what? You demoralize the enemy by overwhelming force. You overrun everything, you bomb everything, and you just basically, you take away any thought that they might have a victory. And you do that in the first few days of battle. That's shock and awe. And that's what God wants His people to feel when they think about His power. It's not that God would use that power against us. No, He would never do that. He, he wants what? Rather, it's God's overwhelming power is available for us as we go forward to conquer the forces of evil in our own lives. Please don't underestimate the power of God where in your life. Who is this guy? This is George Dancig. 1939, he's a graduate student in a class being taught by Dr. Jersey Neiman. And he, did, he does what you don't do as a student. He arrived late. In fact, he arrived really late for class, for that very first class. And he noticed there were two problems written on the board. He assumed that those two problems were homework. So he writes down the problems and starts working on it. 
He then goes to Dr. Neiman with the answers. And Dr. Neiman looked at the answers and said, that was not homework. Those are the two most famous unsolved math problems of the world. And you have solved them. That led to his Ph.D., that led to him being a leader, leading advisor to the Defense Department. It led to him being in charge of the math department at Stanford University. But note what he said about those two problems. Here's what he said. Here's a quote. If someone had told me that those two problems were famous unsolved problems, I probably would have given up and wouldn't have even tried to solve them. My friends, how often do we do that when we think about the problems of life before us? Please don't limit God's power because, you're, because you've already decided what God can and cannot do. Don't limit God. God's power is limitless and there's nothing he cannot do for you. In fact, all things are possible with God. Mark chapter 10. But Jesus looked at them and said, With men it is impossible, but not with God, for with God all things are possible. If you're going to be all that God has called you to be, first, remember God's promises. Remember His miracles. Don't forget the miracle of the cross. Number two, rely on God's help. Trust Him to exalt you in His time. Number three, revere God's power. Don't limit what He can do for you and through you as you depend on Him. You've seen this before. I always end every sermon with this. I, I could give you other verses to uh, prove the steps of salvation. I give you these because these are all words of Jesus. If you have one of those red letter Bibles, these words are all in red. Because I want to do that. that that's from Jesus himself saying, you've got to believe, you've got to repent, you've got to confess, you've got to be baptized. Not me saying it, it's Jesus. As I said, there's others I could use. But that's true, but I'm using these. Have you done that? Forty-four people in approximately 18 months have done that. Have you done it? Are you a Christian? If you are a Christian, do you need to seek forgiveness? The church here stands ready to pray with you and for you. We'll have elders down here to receive you. If you have any need to respond, will you please do so as we stand and sing for your encouragement?